0: Well, hi everyone and welcome to Alzheimer Speaks Radio. I am your host and I am thrilled that you can join us today. So we are going to have a really interesting conversation. We are going to be talking about how to improve communication and feel more relaxed and happy through uh, utilizing Memory lane games and boy can't we all use that in this day and age. But before I introduce you to our guests, I am going to um, just do a couple of shout-outs. One is just to let people know if you haven't checked out AlzheimerSpeaks.com, that's our main website, please do so. We have updated the site and we have a special area called Free Educational Resources, where there are tons of different things you can download from tools to accessing videos for training and just both for family and for for staff as well and different things that you can engage in like dementia chats or dementia in the arts that maybe your loved one with dementia might want to participate in and don't forget to check out our new book betty the bald chicken there's a tab on that you can learn more about betty and lessons in how to care uh, by going to that page. It's a story I've been speaking about for years, uh, and have been asked over the years to put into book form and finally have that for you. So check that out. Not only can it be used for dementia and caregiving, but bullying, discrimination, anytime you just don't feel like you fit in. For those of you that are new to our show, Alzheimer's Speaks is about sound information, not just sound bites. So You know, maybe you can be our next guest because everybody all around the world at every level, every stage is welcome to join us. We are going to hear from the adaptive equipment and caregiving corner, and then we'll be right back with our guests.
1: adapt it. Well,
0: we are back. And again, we're going to be talking about improving communication, feeling more relaxed and centered and happy by utilizing a new app called Memory Lane Games. And we are so lucky to have the CEO and co-founder of the company, with us, Bruce Elliott, along with Brian Hall, who's a board member and the director of their UK and international business, as well as Kate Clavette, who is a speech and language pathologist who uses memory lane games when she works with adults with cognitive communication issues and swallowing disorders. And I can't wait to hear how this got developed and what some of the outcomes are. And I know all three of them are great stories storytellers. So we're going to hear some some real life examples as well. So I am so excited to have this conversation with the three of you today. So first of all, thanks for coming together. I know everybody's kind of all over the place as far as time zones uh, this morning. But before I kind of get into my line of questioning and we learn more about what you're doing, um, I always like to ask everybody, have you been touched personally by dementia? And Bruce, I'm going to go up to you first.
2: Great. in dementia, unfortunately, for like many uh runs in my family, mm-hmm. two uncles, two aunts, and a grandmother. Um and but I'll just tell you quickly where our idea came from for memory lane games. we were back in 2019, my friend Peter and I were sitting in a pub in England talking about our moms. And his mom's 93 with vascular dementia and my mom's 89 in Canada Sharp as attack we were talking about what they both have in common of course it was a love of old family photos and i thought i wonder if we can turn those photos into games and peter said actually we're turning memories into games mm-hmm. and we started memory lane games the next day making games for our own moms and they love them and then we had 90,000 downloads of a wonderful app and uh, and now we're here sitting here with you
0: Wonderful. Well, that is fantastic. You really have uh, a lot of dementia in your family.
2: Yes. From yes. That.
0: Does that, does that scare you at all? Does that kind of hang over your head? Some people it bothers. Of course them, it does. Doesn't.
2: Yeah, no, of course it does. And I think it gives us extra motivation. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, yeah, it does run in my family, but uh, we, we thought that People who have dementia deserve something special. And that's where we started. Because lots of there's lots of investment going into early detection. Mm-hmm. But that just says, okay, yes, my mom has dementia. Great. Yeah. Okay, now what? And now what do we, I do? Yeah. <laughs> we focused on the now what?
0: Yep. Okay, well, good. We need, we need more of that. That's for sure. And I good. like the, um, and again, we haven't gotten into a lot of this, but just the social aspect. what it is that you've developed. I think that social care arm is absolutely critical. You know, my own mom lived with dementia for 30 years. And I think the only reason she lived that long was she was socially engaged, you know, during that time. So, well, Kate, how about you? Have you
3: been personally touched? Yes. My mother had lived with Alzheimer's for um, many years. She has passed And now it touches my life every day because I work in a skilled nursing facility as a speech-language pathologist.
0: Thank you for sharing. And Brian, how about you? Have you been touched by dementia?
4: Yeah, so unfortunately, um, I lost both my mom and my dad with dementia. I didn't lose them to dementia, but I lost them with dementia. And, um, you know, a couple of people said to me, you know, it must be so sad that, you know, your mom has passed away. And I said, well, I lost my mom two or three years ago, really. And I lost her to dementia. So, I mean, I first got involved with memory lane games by accident. In that I would go and see my mum, and we'd have these six-minute conversations. You know, how are you? How's the family? How is your journey? How are you? How's the family? How is your journey? And around we go. And you know, for people caring with somebody full time, that's just God, it's just hell on earth, isn't it? Because you just you, you you've lost that person that you're talking to. Anyway, so Bruce, I knew Bruce, and he'd come up with this crazy app about you know, playing pictures. And he built a game on Manchester. My mum came from Manchester. So uh, I thought, I'll try this crazy app from this guy over in the Isle of Man. And um, I started playing the app on, on Manchester with my mum. And one of the questions is, where in Manchester was, is this? And, and Bruce will show you the app later, but basically you get a picture at Beansgate or Piccadilly or whatever. And my mum didn't say, that's Piccadilly. She said, that's the tram stop where I used to meet your dad. Really? And she said, yeah, now I had to meet your dad there and not round the corner because my brother worked around the corner and my brother hated your dad. <laughs> and I had this half an hour conversation with my mum. I don't, I, I don't even know if it was true, to be honest, but I had this half an hour conversation with my mum. My mum was back in the room. She was sitting up straight. The lights were on in her eyes. She was telling me stuff I didn't know. And, and it was a 30-minute conversation. And it just completely blew me away. Um, you know, and unfortunately I, I didn't have that with my dad because my dad had passed away before my mom, but I just thought, wow, this is, this is, this is incredible. You know, and it, it was like being 20 years younger because it was the mum I knew, mm-hmm. you know, she laughed. She, she, she even cracked a joke in the middle of all of this. And I'm thinking, wow, I remember all this, this is so exciting. Um, and ever since then, Bruce has never really shaken me off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how did you two know each other, um, to get the introduction to memory lane games?
2: So, I live in the UK as well, and a mutual friend uh, introduced uh, Brian to myself because we both had an interest in digital health, which a few years ago wasn't a very popular thing. And then uh, I can tell you today, uh, I'm sitting in Phoenix, Arizona for the last two weeks, where we've been invited to work with the Mayo Clinic to help develop our app with their leading Alzheimer's and dementia researchers. They're leading computerized cognitive rehab leaders all from this little app we dreamed up in a pub in the UK talking about our moms and now uh, and now we spent two wonderful weeks with the Mayo Clinic and we were just named uh, their best startup of the year in their medtech accelerator so we're just we're we're surprised but we're we're really thrilled
0: Wow. Well, first of all, congratulations. That is huge. And I'm a big uh, believer in global uh, collaborations and stuff. I, I think that there is so much we can do together and we can do it so much better and faster uh, when we work together instead of everybody kind of in their, their little separate silos and things. Well, I am really interested, Bruce, in um, hearing more about What exactly can you show us what Memory Lane Games has to offer? Because I I know I'm interested, and I'm sure our audience is as well.
2: Sure. So, what we've done is created simple, lovely games that trigger positive memories and foster improved communications. And we've shown that in clinical trials, but we've also shown it with thousands, 90,000 downloads of our app in 100 countries um, in the last few years. We we're featured on the BBC News as a game changing app for dementia in 100 countries. And, and that's, that's exactly what we want to do. But it's so simple, and that's where we've been recognized. Um, so I'll tell you a quick story about our app. So here, this is a very common um, one of our most popular games is Finish the Lyrics 1960s. And you can see it here, and you've got simple easy questions with um, uh, multiple choice answers. And if you get the answer wrong, let's say you uh, finished the lyrics from the Elvis song, we can't go on together with Kate sings it much better than me. If you hit delicious minds, that answer just gently disappears. It doesn't tell you you did something wrong. And the Mayo Clinic described that as errorless learning. Mm -hmm. Uh, We call it frustration free. Mm -hmm. And, we were sitting in a in a memory cafe in the UK a few months ago and uh, we we're passed out our iPads where our our app lives and um uh, it's with people with dementia they get dropped off with their carers uh, for some respite and this one fellow who's generally nonverbal Colin is sitting at our table and he picks up the tablet and he starts playing this game he instantly jumps into this game and um and he looks over at us and says you know Roy Orbison's a way better singer than Elvis Oh, you're right, Colin. Absolutely. And then he says, But Elvis had a better manager. We go, Yeah, that's absolutely true. And at the end, we gather up our tablets, uh, our iPads, and we see a woman in the corner crying. Oh my gosh, we go over and say, Is everything okay? And she says, Yes, I'm Colin's carer. I've been working with him for three months. I've never heard him complete a sentence. How did you do that? And our app with three thousand games on different topics, hobbies, interests, everything allows people to pick their own subjects that they get excited about, and they we're seeing remarkable results of people starting to talk—that increased socialization. We're seeing it here in um, in a uh, in a, a skilled nursing facility. We're seeing it in um, uh, in residential care, and. Um, we're also seeing that our app allows you to put in your own family photos into create your own games. So here's an example. What's the name of your eldest child, mom? It's Matthew. And then today, it's a, the answer is a picture of Matthew today. And so when Matthew comes to play, it comes to see his mom comes to play. This is the game he loves to play, and she loves to play it as well. So, where was your favorite place to grow up? These are the kind of simple questions and answer games that we found work so well with uh, with our audience, and because it's so easy to use.
0: Well, I love it because uh, I, I think the, the you know the power of of memory, the power of feeling, because that's really what it's getting down to is the emotional it is. events. And I think that that has not been tapped into as much as it needs to. I don't think people really understand it. Kind of like with music, people use it every day, but they don't really understand the true power behind music, pictures, the, the meaning. It, it all gets down, in my opinion, to the feeling.
2: One of the researchers we met in Phoenix said this is unique from a science point of view that you have a visual stimulus, mm-hmm. you have an emotional stimulus, mm-hmm. a cognitive stimulus with the game, and then fine motor skills, all wrapped up in something that people with dementia will actually play. They said this is this is remarkable.
0: Oh, exactly.
4: one of the um, one of the so you get to see some really fantastic stuff. I mean, you know, obviously I talk about my mom, but I've seen lots of mums now, lots of granddads playing this. And um, one of the nice things that we, we're starting to see is a connection across the generations, mm-hmm. um, because, of course, what we what we're dealing with is is pictures. We can personalize games as well. So we can build a game about the town you grew up in, but we can build a town about a game about your wedding or your, you know, your family or whatever. Um, so what we're dealing with there is we're dealing with information and memories and images that the the older person knows and understands and has empathy with. But they're being used on a piece of modern technology which younger people have an uh, an empathy with, they have an understanding. And what we're seeing is the the grandchild playing with the grandmother. And we had this this one lady who asked us to build some games around her her mum and she had her, her daughter then go, to the the, the KF where her mum is now living is uh, semi independent, and um, and and convinced her daughter that she couldn't work this device, so could she come and show grandma how to play the games? And that's turned into a, a fortnightly visit, where you know the granddaughter will sit because it's a technology she understands, it's a it's a, a medium she's really comfortable with, but it's stories that the grandma really understands and it's grandma's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things we're hearing is that. The daughter now knows more about grandma's teenage years than mum ever did, because out come the stories and out come the connections. Um, and that's, you know, that's really quite emotional. You know, you listen to the the, the girl's mother tell that story and you'll get through a packet of tissues, to be honest, because, you know, she gets so upset about it. But it's the power of the picture and the power of the story that goes with the picture, you know, because they were there and, and they lived that time and they, and they were that person. And it's just fabulous to listen to.
0: Well, I, I mean, think, Kate, you
4: do this for a living.
0: Yeah, I, I want to add a couple of things onto what what you said, Brian, because I think, and not it, not only is it the power of the things you mentioned, but it's the it's the power of being heard, it's the power of being involved, it's the yes. power of being part of. And I think so often with dementia people, you know, you know, they're with us, but they're not really with us. You know, that's how people treat them. Um, They don't get eye contact, they don't get that engagement. And now all of a sudden, it's like, someone's interested in me, you know, and Mm -hmm. that makes all of us feel really, really good. The other thing is, I love the intergenerational aspect in that you said, gosh, the the granddaughter knows more than the mom does, you know, about some Mm -hmm. of these things, because I found that um, through, the sharing, I have a, a tool called Your Memory Journal because people are so uncomfortable visiting. This gives them something comfortable and fun to do. It gives that history. It builds that legacy. It, it empowers relationships that you know, people a lot of times are told don't exist, um, that those connections are still there. And, and I think that that's wonderful. I think we've, um, we've lost a lot in terms of relationship. And, and I think a lot of people will blame it on technology because, you know, people are sitting there with their phones and they're texting, but they're, they're, a lot of people have lost the ability to talk and have a conversation. Even at a dinner table, they're texting, but this is getting that interaction back. And so that's a, I think that's a huge plus in and of itself that a lot of times people in this fast paced life, we just don't think of of the power of some of those moments. And they're, they're massively huge because through this storytelling, you know, getting to know somebody, I mean, we're building up compassion, we're building empathy, we're building understanding, acceptance, um, we're getting insights. I mean, there's so much that is happening on so many different levels. So really, really cool.
4: I love the fact that um, people get so comfortable in using it, that humor comes out. Mm -hmm. So we, we we will see we will see, you know, uh, people who maybe don't say very much laughing, but we'll we'll also see them driving the joke, you know, sometimes with they misunderstand a word or they or they look at a picture and go, is that really a picture? You know. So we, we see the 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 older person in the relationship driving the joke. It's so rare when, when people with dementia that they have control of the conversation. This kind mm-hmm. of gives them control of the
2: conversation. It's kind of cool. And Kate well, sees that every day in her practice.
0: I wanted to ask you about how, how you utilize this in your practice, because it it isn't something that I would normally think of that a speech pathologist would use. You know, I'm, I'm thinking in my mind and I know nothing, I've not gone to one, but I'm thinking of, you know, kind of those rote things of, you know, trying to get somebody to say a word in a certain fashion
3: and things like Mm -hmm. that.
0: So please explain how, how you're leveraging this wonderful technology.
3: Well, I mean, the the app I find to be so versatile, and it really depends on who I'm working with. Mm -hmm. Um, I can kind of adapt the tool to get my job done, if that makes any sense. Um, For example, in speech therapy, we might be practicing talking clearly so you can be understood. Um, Oftentimes, people have physical impairments due to strokes um, that limit their speech intelligibility. So using that, there's perfect uh, material to practice reading and practice using strategies. Um, If I'm working on just basic communication, trying to expand verbal language, this gives me, again, like you were saying, visual support, text support. Um, I think a very underutilized speech strategy is to use text during things like ADLs or, or activities of daily living getting dressed, getting changed, but very rarely, if ever, do you see someone using a visual. Mm -hmm. Memory Lane has given me an opportunity to practice with people who are limitedly verbal, but do have those residual underlying skills to uh, embrace them and to capitalize on them and to utilize them more in their life. Um, It really depends what I'm working on, but I always find a way to use Memory Lane games to get my goals met.
0: So are you seeing, do you have a story you want to share in terms of how, how this has worked with your clients?
3: Uh, it's, it's hard to pick just one. Um, I suppose, you know, I've worked on so many different goals with it. So I have one woman who is, she's verbal, but um, her impairment is that comprehension wise, when you speak to her, she's, she's not listening. We can't tell if she hears well or not but she doesn't respond. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, with her, we call her hyperlexic. So she has underlying reading abilities. So using memory lane games, we are able to capitalize on those skills and work on something more important, which is that joint communication you guys were mentioning, um, establishing a communication between two people about a shared topic. Mm-hmm. Um, the shared topic Started, you know, as the text in the motivating game. I think that the technological piece, us as humans, regardless of the age, if it's a big shiny bright thing, we're attracted to it somehow. I think Memory Lane Games is awesome because what you're looking at is familiar. It's, you know, for me, it makes me think of, you know, a Jeopardy format. There's a picture. There's four choices. The errorless learning um, that you hit a button, it just disappears. You get to keep guessing. There's no reward or punishment for accuracy. Um, uh, you can use it for so many things. I think those are great aspects of the game. Um, So I used memory lane games to build that joint communication about a preferred topic that we then generalized or translated to real life that, you know, she's interested in what I'm showing her when it's a game. Now I'm showing her, you know, conversational text. Is she going to respond the same way over time? The same attention she gave to the game she's giving to my notebook. And she's responding the same way. During the game, she's answering the question. Now, given the notebook, she's answering my questions about things she wants and needs. What kind of drink do you want? Uh, quality of life things. Very very basic communication. But um, that's, that's one way Memory Lane Games has been the tool to practice the skills that underlie a lot of life skills. Like comprehend, understand people are saying to you, we we don't spend enough time reteaching people how to understand language after there's impairment or, or degeneration of the brain. You know, memory lane games has those visual supports that support understanding. If I can learn to understand you while we're playing a game, I'm going to carry that over when we're not playing a game. I'm going to be a little bit more interested. I'm going to get a few more pieces and slowly build upon that. That's why I think memory lane games is so flexible because you can use it as a motivator as as a, as a start-off point for a lot of other skills.
0: I love that talking, you know, about utilizing this game. One of the phrases I always use is multi-sensory engagement, which is you're definitely doing all of that. But I think the other thing that unconsciously happens that people, uh, I mean, you guys realize this, but I think family members don't always realize is that it gives hope back to the the basic online uh feeling of of deep connection of they're really here you know it's not just that blank stare and people are starting to pick up on consciously or not all of those multi-sensory ways we communicate, you know, like a raise of an eyebrow or a giggle or a, you know, what you know, hand gesture, all of those things start coming into play. They just, they naturally come out. I think when we're connected, when we're truly connected. And I think so often people forget about the power of those little intimate moments, you know, that, I mean, because to me, Those are the moments that embed a real, true, deep, heartfelt memory for me. You know, um, Brian, you had mentioned the humor earlier. And I think that's one of the things so many people give up to this disease. And yet it's one of the most important and strongest factors that ties us together as human beings is the ability to laugh. You know, it changes the chemistry, but it, it just makes us feel good. And it makes that memory, I think, more solid.
4: You talk about feeling good there, Laurie. Um, one of the, it, it's now um, an integrated part of the app. But, but one of the things you'll see in the app, if you look through the games library, is you'll see games on uh, air force bases or army units or whatever. Um, and that came out of uh, an individual who who would get upset or become distressed at their own knowledge of their own confusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know they were confused but they weren't so far confused that they didn't know they were confused if you, you get what I mean it, it was a it was upsetting for them to understand what they could no longer remember and um, and what we did was we we built a service game because they were ex um, ex UK air force and we built a service game for them and and their, their their partner would would get the game out and play the game and take them to somewhere where they could remember the name of the aircraft and. And, and, you know, the details of the aircraft and the unit that they were in and the people that they served with. And they and they, they could take them visually and, and quite quite physically back to a place where their memories were intact, their emotions were were, were were relative to those memories. They could go to this, I call it a happy place, which is probably a wrong thing, but they could take them to this happy place. And it was there 24-7. So in the middle of the night, they could use it. In the daytime, they could use it. Um, it was just a really safe route back to, to an, an even behaviour. Now, with my mum, I, I would understand what that would mean for my mum. What I never got until we we had this particular incident, and never understood the power of that for the person who was caring.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: I, I didn't get how important that would be and how stress relieving that would be for the other person living with dementia. Because, of course, when you get somebody living with dementia, they're never on their own there's always two or three or four people living with dementia because of the family and the the carers and everything else. Um, And that's something we've come to understand. There's a a piece of case study that our clinical director did on traumatic dementia Mm -hmm. and and how to to help um, mitigate that. We're seeing that used in professional care facilities now where where we can protect people from those unpleasant memories by just taking them somewhere else. Mm -hmm. But if you're caring with somebody on your own at home, You know, and it's somebody you've loved for 20, 30 years and you're there and you're on your own and it's 10 o'clock at night and it's you basically, you know, having that happy place as a a constant refuge to go is one of the biggest feedbacks we get. And it's, um, it's really quite, uh, quite wow, really.
0: Well, and I love that you mentioned, you know, dementia isn't a diagnosis of one. It, It has this huge ripple effect. And I used to even just get downright frustrated when I hear, you know, a statistic saying, you know, oh, it touches six to seven people. I'm like, what family are you from? I mean, who is limited to that many people, not only in a family, but circle of friends or neighbors or, you know, all of those things, uh, people in the grocery stores, everybody is affected by this. And I think one of the beautiful things um, that you you brought up, Brian, was getting that calmness back in life, giving that peace and you know, through a game and it's, it kind of, I think takes people by surprise and they don't even necessarily know that it's happening, but they find when their person is calm and happy, they can be calm and happy with them. Because so often we've just got this to-do list, you know, and we're checking things off and we're go, go, go. But this is slowing us down to really engage and be present and be relationship-based. We yes.
2: found that yes. in our uh, clinical trial that we mm-hmm. just ran in the UK with pairs of people with dementia and carers in their own homes.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: the nurses went in before at 13 weeks and 26 weeks. And what they found was, 92% of the carers felt more relaxed after playing our app.
0: That's huge. That's massively that's huge. It, <laughs> because that's one of the biggest complaints is that stress I know, level.
2: But imagine sitting down and just playing a simple game like this. It's raining cats and. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got it wrong. Oops. Oh, ha-ha. and then, oh, it's dogs. Right. Well done. That that is the simple mechanism on 3000 different topics that we can distract and calm. And 58% of the carers said the person with dementia was communicating more in our Mm -hmm. clinical study. And those are just music to our ears. And the carers were happier. They were more relaxed. they, uh, They found the app worthwhile. And so many wonderful stories came out in the clinical trial of people started playing our app, building confidence, and then used other apps which was just wonderful. Again, respite for the carer, but also engagement and learning. It's just, and when you hear more of Kate's stories in, in the clinic, it's just incredible.
0: Well, and I think too, when you're talking about that, you know, if we can calm the the, the caregiver, the care partner, carers, you know, whatever term you want to use, that just eases the care period. It, it eases the relationship. It, you know, one of the biggest things we hear about is caregiver burnout. We kind of like wonder, well, why is that? And it's because we have, in my opinion, been a society that has projected this disease utilizing fear. And your your tool really gives hope that our relationship isn't gone. I mean, they walk out of the doctor's office typically with nothing. How cool would it be if a doctor would refer this? Or like I say, I would love the doctors to refer dementia map. Giving hope would change the whole uh, the whole trajectory when people walk out that door, and being connected to things that can help. It, you know, we have to look past just a pill to be able to support people, especially when so many of the organizations that served have cut back services to families. You know, we don't have as many um, adult days you know, we, there's, there's just a lot of need for support for families.
3: And like you said, this can be used in communities. Kate, you, you're biting at the bit to say something. So go ahead. Well, you guys are speaking about, you know, achieving calmness, you know, that state of, of you think of calm, you think of like stillness and no activity. And I think what's counterintuitive is that to achieve calmness is to get active. It's true with adults. It's true with children. You know, idle hands do the devil's work. If you want to achieve that calmness, get active, cognitive stimulation. If they're into, you know, and and memory lane games is great because most people are into it. But if they're into reading, pop open that book, get them stimulated. That's what my mom was really um, passionate about was reading. So my dad read to her all the time. What's great about memory lane games is that it does have that innate appeal of technology. Mm-hmm. So you get some buy-in right from the start. You start with success. Um, but I just wanted to touch base with like that whole calmness that we, I think, assume that we want to stop everything. Don't talk, you know, but really encouraging structured activity can regulate everybody and yeah. and give you that sense of calm. Structured,
0: yet, yet very flexible too, non-threatening, um, because sometimes, you know, when, we go after things and, and I, I know, especially as, as care partners, you know, we still want it done a certain way, you know, and you've kind of taken that out, you know, that right or wrong business. It's, it's really about the engagement and, um, and learning as you go and being able to, you know, so what if I didn't get it right? I mean, it really, this is not a life or death issue. <laughs> you know, with we, all get,
2: we get asked that all the time. How come there's no scoring? We said, because mm-hmm. it's not for you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's healthy to not have to score, to just be able to be in it, not to have that pressure. I mean, I think so many things in our lives we, you know, we're trying to keep up with the Joneses and we're trying to do the best and, and we're doing those things a lot of times not for ourselves, but to fit in. And you've taken that out where I I don't have to work to fit in.
2: Well, let me show you another my mom um is sharpest attack but can't at 89 but can't um do crosswords anymore and she used to love to do crosswords so my team invented a way for people with dementia to do crosswords we turn the crossword into a quiz oh okay and then you um let me see if i can get it right Uh, there we go got music and then it fills it in Okay, and if you get it wrong, it doesn't do anything, and then you move on to the next question, and uh, there you go, down. So two down. Breezy, gusty, gusty weather. Hmm, mm-hmm. That's probably windy. Oh, I got it wrong, and then I got it right. Well done. That's how simple it is.
0: Well, and how cool to be able to use that with with children and stuff, too, in terms of counting how many letters are going to fit in a thing. I mean, there's there's lots going into all of that. It's taking so, multiple ways, you know, um, to engage, which I think is great. Go ahead, Brian.
4: So we we talked about earlier the number of people involved and the number of people who are affected, I think. And, and then we talked about Kate talked about technology, I think. A point to bring out for for those people who who maybe watch this and, and are struggling to cope at the moment you know um is the fact that because it's technology it's always on mm-hmm. it's it's never tired, you know it doesn't get angry, it doesn't get frustrated, but also it's repeatable so if you're the lead carer, if you're the, you're the lead caregiver for an individual um, and you know a game that they like to play and a conversation they like to have and some stories they like to share. You can hand the tablet, you can hand the, the 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 gizmo, whatever it is that's got the game on across mm-hmm. to somebody who maybe doesn't know that individual that well at all. Mm-hmm. But you can say, look, play the game on Manchester, you know, and 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 just, just play the game on Manchester, because the same stories will come out, the same confidence, the same familiarity will come out. And that main caregiver then can can go and get a cup of coffee or you know, whatever it is, they just need 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes to themselves. And we we know that on average, people with moderate dementia will happily play for 20 minutes. You know, they'll, they'll quite happily be absorbed for 20 minutes. Um, and as my, my niece used to say, when she looked after my mum, 20 minutes to me is, is like a godsend.
0: Mm-hmm. You
4: know, because it's 20 minutes where I don't have to explain why she can't go home, because she is home, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and and that break in the day just lifts everybody. And the other thing I was just going to say, talking about emotion, um, I just took a minute because otherwise I'd, I'd have got emotional just telling the story. And that is, you know, you show me any child that doesn't cry when their parent cries. Mm-hmm. So if you get a distressed parent and, you know, even though their child's now in their 60s, if you can get them away from that distress, it's not only good for them, it's good for you. Because you... I, you know, you can't be around your parents and have them cry without you getting upset. That's just not possible. And this is a route out. It's a it's a navigation way of getting from a very upset place to a calmer place and actually maybe a fun place as well, where you can where you can share those stories again. Um I mean, I get some of the professional caregivers say to us, we don't even know if some of these stories are true, but they're true to the person telling us the story. You know, they've connected memory A and memory B, and now that's their fact. But hey you know, it's a great place to be and we've got some humor and we've got some narrative and we've got a conversation. and So it's, it's a track to run on. I think is guess, guess what I'm trying to say.
0: Well, and not only, you know, is it true or not? I, I get that from people all the time. Well, I, that's not even right. And it's like, it's not about being right or wrong. It, you're creating a new memory, maybe not for the person with dementia, but for the person engaging. And I, I think of, um, my daughter used to go up to the nursing home with her boyfriend and visit my mom. And her boyfriend, of course, was into cars, so they would talk about cars. And um, all of a sudden, my mom saying she had a pink Cadillac and she had spinners and a sound system. She didn't even know what spinners and the sound system were. But they had this lovely conversation. The kids came home and said, did did grandma have a pink Cadillac? And I said, no, I said, grandma sold Avon and she was always jealous of the Mary Kay ladies, you know, but it was a great story for them to have. And they had a wonderful time. My mom was peaceful and happy. They were laughing. That's the point. It's, It's about walking in in their world but when we do that there's there's so many lessons i think that people don't understand that we're learning when we step into that world with them oh the muscle car
4: <laughs> i have i have to share this story with you laurie i've just got mm-hmm. to tell you this one and that is just before my mom passed away she was telling me this story about her being in america and being on stage and i'm like well i didn't know any of this so mm-hmm. I have three brothers and three sisters and I checked with all of them and we didn't recognize this story at all. <laughs> and about three weeks after she died, I'm watching Doris Day on television and there's the story.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And what it was, my mom had remembered the movie, but she remembered the movie as her. And she told, she had told us this story about being on stage and this goes on and that happens. You like, wow. It was a totally different memory, but to her, it was real. And I have to say, it made a a very pleasant Sunday afternoon, wondering how the hell my mom had ended up on stage in America.
0: (laughs) It's just so fun to see them so happy and and engaged, especially when we've been, you know, kind of trained that that's not going to happen. And it's not necessarily about the reality. It's about you're having a conversation and it's pretty cool. And I think those are some of the best memories I know I've had with my mom. I'm sorry, Bruce, go ahead.
2: Kate, maybe you can give uh, some of your tips that you share with us on how to engage someone the first time with our, with our games. Cause that's once they start playing, it's, mm-hmm. it's just magic, but you've got some really nice words of wisdom that uh, just, just that first time getting people to play.
3: I guess, you know, with the first time you pick up the game, I'd, I'd recommend picking something that you think like picking a game. You think that your loved one's going to enjoy something that you think is going to be easy. I personally love the game, uh, common sayings. It works on automatic language. Um, again, like you guys keep saying, uh, building that person's confidence that I'm, you're listening to me and, and you're understanding me as we play this game together. You, the, the, the loved one kind of takes some control. Picking a game, you know, that they're going to succeed at starting with success or starting with something like automatic. Mm-hmm. You know, you're barking up the wrong blank. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it encourages further gameplay. And it really builds that confidence that, hey, I can be understood. I love that game. So that was a great one to start with. When you're playing the game, definitely check out your environment. Try to pick a, a spot with less distractions and make sure your lighting is good. Um, you know, modify your device to, to bump up your brightness. And, you know, the first time you play, you know, you, you are kind of the game show host. You, you have to, you know, anticipate, I'm going to show you how to play a little bit. But, you know, as you play, see how much your loved one can take that over. So the first round, I might be reading the questions. I'll start reading the answers to you. But if you can read the answers, I'll stop and give them as much ownership of running the game as possible. As you go, the recommendations for the games after that are, you know, usually spot on. But if you don't like those games, you can go back and keep looking. Uh, When going through the menu, I recommend going slowly and kind of shopping around pointing out things that you think they might like as you go, have fun. Again, it's the real point is not like you guys were saying so much that we're getting factual information. And like my dad said it best with, with my mom and with people living with dementia, you you get nowhere trying to correct them. Mm -hmm. It's, it's an opportunity to get on their train and go on the train ride with them. You know, whatever's making them happy in that moment is their reality. Mm -hmm. And who are we to correct that? And it doesn't, doesn't do any anybody any good. It just builds frustration on both ends. The other person isn't being understood and you're grieving a loss. I think what's great about memory lane games is that it, it just builds that instantly. It, it helps that person uh, be more in control and, and be understood. Had a lot of success. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun.
0: Definitely. People always say, you know, live in their world and people have a hard time, you know, with that. And it just came to me. It's like, take a vacation with them to some new spot. Look at it like that. It, you know, you don't know what you're going to expect. It's just one of those detours that can just be, well, gosh, I'm glad we went down this road. I wouldn't have learned that. Um, or I wouldn't have known that. Or sometimes it's, you know,
3: a sense of humor. And really, if you if you need to regulate someone, if you need to get them to follow directions, going on that journey with them, then you can start to steer, steer the ship to where it needs to go. Mm -hmm. Um, going with the flow, hopping in into their world, you can, you can also learn to navigate with that person rather than trying to force someone to do what they need to do. Because none of us
0: like to be forced, you know, And, and I think sometimes we have to flip the switch and go, well, would I like to be treated like that? I mean, that's a real simple thought, but most of us don't slow down and do that. Bruce, I wanted to go back to you. You had mentioned a clinical trial. Was there anything else that you wanted to mention about that?
2: The trial uh, is what uh, we were talking to the Mayo Clinic about.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
2: where uh, Arizona State University has agreed to help us um, develop that U- UK trial for uh, for the US, and we'll be working with them to, to to write it. It'll be a remote trial again in people's homes, um, and so over the next year, we'll be uh, we'll be um, developing that because we're we're just excited that this simple simple mechanism that we want to show that. It has clinical efficacy. We know people enjoy it. Mm We get thousands of hours of gameplay on our app every month. And um, we're we're really excited about the potential. And, you know, can we one day help to maintain the severity of dementia over a period of time? We'll see, maybe. Can we uh, entertain and engage and and trigger these positive memories for families and and carers and give those moments of, of just wonderful respite but also enjoyment that we know we can do that and that's that's a wonderful benefit and again if we're sitting here and talking to the mayo clinic but a couple of years ago i was in a pub talking with a friend of mine about our moms and <laughs> it's it's, it, it's a surprising journey but we just love it because people just keep coming up to help us and uh and we can tell your audience we love we love new game ideas if somebody has a thought on a game if uh, we have uh, made a, a bunch of games on air air force bases and basic training slang for veterans, we've, we've got games on so many different topics and most of our games are made by volunteers. The, the game themes, they just send us six questions and six answers and, and we, we do the rest and it's, it's wonderful.
0: Let me ask you this. Are you, are you developing games for people with younger onset? Tapping into their music and their genres and their vehicles and their, you know, all their hotspots, because that's one of the things that I hear from people. It's like everything is kind of geared towards my parents and I can play those things, but boy, I would like some stuff that's geared towards my era too.
2: So the exact same format is mm-hmm. so easy for us to do. And what we learned this week at Kate's been what one of the things that Kate first told us is she loves that our our games are age appropriate, meaning you can change the ages. It's a game on Minecraft, so it's a game on a video game. Okay, so, can, so we have all of those, but what, what we're also seeing, and this was quite a surprise to us, um, the uh, the team at uh, the Mayo Clinic and the ASU think there's potential for the exact same games with younger theme Mm -hmm. to work in stroke rehab as well.
0: I I wonder if this would work for like autism and stuff too.
2: Well, the errorless (laughs) learning, the frustration free is a very important mechanism there, we're told.
3: Cognitively, it promotes problem solving. And that's the underlying skill across the age span. We want you to persevere and keep trying. And that's Mm -hmm. why it's so great to have errorless learning.
0: You've taken that um, objective of failure that so many people want to skirt and won't participate because they don't want to fail. I know like with my mom, as her disease progressed, she, I mean, she used to be like a social butterfly. She was the coordinator of everything out there. And then all of a sudden she, you know, just got really quiet because she was fearful of making a mistake, but I can tell you, she would have loved playing this game. I mean, I just, just knowing her. Wonderful. And um, to be able to, to pull her out. Um, Brian, any last minute um, stories or comments that you want to make?
4: No, I was just going to say, um, there's a lot of stuff that, that we don't make claims for on the app because we can't prove it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we hear a lot of stories about, so we we try and encourage families to play on a daily basis, maybe tw- 15, 20 minutes a day, maybe fairly regular. So, so it becomes a, a part of the day and a function of the day, maybe provides respite whatever. We hear a lot of stories about improved sleep mm. as a result of that. We hear a lot of stories about improved mood as, as a result of that, um, improved confidence. If, if if people play the game and they have those bits of feedback for us, please tell us on the website because, you know, it all goes to our learning. But we, it's just thrilling to hear that yeah, you're just easing that path a little bit for for both the person who's battling this disease, but also... Everybody around them that's trying to support them, you know, it's as much for them as it is for the individual. So any feedback we can get is great. Uh, and as the guy said to me in a bar in America when I was in Phoenix a couple of weeks ago, he said, "Your Green Bay Packers game is a load of rubbish." I said, Excellent, <laughs> write me a better one. So if we've got people out there who say, "I want a game on on I don't know Tucson, Arizona," fine, build me a game on that. Send us the questions and we'll, we'll put the game up. So if there's people out there listening to this who say. You know, I, I can contribute. I can, I can add to this. Get on the website. Tell us all about it.
2: We have games on a hundred uh, U.S. cities right now. Okay, from the '60s with pictures from the '60s to really trigger. What was the name of this old theater? You know, it, it really takes people back. It's and we, but we need more of those games on every town and and it could be a village.
4: Yeah, and if we've got people with pictures of their old car or you know the pier at Milwaukee, whatever it might be, you know. If if they're happy to share their imagery, if they're happy to share their stories, their questions, you know, just just log into the website, use the contact form and get in touch with us because most of our games, most of our best games actually are built by families and users, not by us.
0: Okay. I was going to ask you, because you had said that the game could be personalized for putting in family pictures. Is that something that they do individually then?
4: Again, there's there's a function within the app. If they get in touch with us on the website, we can send them the notes on how to do it. We can... We can send them a video on how to help.
0: Wonderful.
3: I I can
4: do it. Anybody can.
3: (laughs) Kate, anything that you want to add? I don't think so. I think, you know, as a takeaway, I think getting active is such a tool in dementia care in general. And memory lane games is an easy way to get started. I definitely encourage it. it. It foundationally builds underlying skills that are necessary for all activities of life. It's easy to engage people with it. I highly recommend it
0: fantastic. You know, I'm going to go back up to you, Bruce, one more time, because I know sometimes people think of something at the last minute that it's like, oh, we didn't cover that. Anything else that uh, you wanted to add?
2: Well, one one simple lesson that Kate taught me Mm -hmm. is when you're playing a game with someone that you love and you read the question,
1: just shut up.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's (laughs) true. Because we always say, oh, mom, you know this one. Oh, you remember when we had, do you remember there was that And we're, we're overloading with information, but Kate has taught me that you read the question and smile and just that pregnant pause. And as soon as they reach out and touch the screen, then they're engaged. It's just magic to see.
0: Because that talking, it puts pressure on them. It distracts them from putting things together. And that pregnant pause that you say, um, And a lot of people don't understand this, but, you know, as the disease progresses, a lot of times people can need an extra anywhere from, you know, four to 12 seconds to process what we just get like that. And that's huge. And initially it seems like, oh my gosh, this is taking forever, but then you get used to it and, and, and then you see the results of what happens by that pregnant pause. And then it becomes real easy.
2: So you can download Memory Lane Games, our app. It's in the App Store, Apple App Store, and Google Play Store. It's a free app. Uh, there's a premium feature to put in your own family photos, but all those games are in there. And we encourage you to download it. it looks great on phones, but fantastic on an iPad. And as we were saying, uh, using this kind of a, a tablet versus a little tablet, this this is the future of digital health, and we 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 think this is uh, this is. Uh, exciting and and everyone can access it
0: well and how fun for like communities and putting it up on their tv it's it will have a little you know it'll put that competition factor in if you do it as a group you know Mm -hmm. but they can have a lot of fun with that as well so i mean there's just so many different ways to use this or and Well, I don't know. Would it work on a TV? Because you got to push the button. Oh yeah.
4: So you get a little gizmo that goes in your phone, and it throws it up onto the TV, so you can work it on your phone, and it's up on the big TV. It's the gotcha. best way to try the sing along ever. Is play finish the lyrics on a big TV. It works okay. like a dream.
2: But you play it on your um, on your phone. Gotcha. The other interesting thing uh, in the Philippines, neurologists use our app, and they share the screen over video chat so over zoom if i share my i log in on my ipad and my mom's got her ipad she logs into the zoom call i share my screen and i'm playing memory lane games she sees the games and we're talking and then we can she tells me what what buttons to push and it's uh it works really well
0: oh cool well, I I'm really anxious to see where all this goes in the future. I mean, you've got a lot of a lot of neat things um, happening. Again, people can go to your website, which is memorylanegames.com. Uh, you are on LinkedIn. If they put in Memory Lane Games, they can find you there. You're on Twitter as Memory Lane Games app. Same on Instagram, um, and then you have a, a second Twitter account, uh, Memory Lane Game One. And TikTok, you're on. And then you have a podcast that you do as well, correct?
2: Yes, we do. Podcasts, training videos, (laughs) uh, all available on our website. And just go to the App Store and and download it, and you'll be playing our game in minutes. It's wonderful.
0: So, you know, um, Bruce, one thing that I didn't ask, is there a cost for the app?
2: Yeah, for uh, us, we wanted to make the app as widely available as possible. So our app is free in the App Store's and um, you get access to hundreds of our games. And then um, if you want to put in your own family photos, then there's an upgrade fee for that. But uh, if you're just playing our cats and dogs games and our games on nursery rhymes and classic cars and our crossword games, all of those uh, are in uh, in our app for free.
0: Bruce, you had something else that you wanted to add?
2: Yeah, we've, we've got a really international set of uh, games. We've got... Games on 200 cities, towns and villages across the UK, the same in Germany, the same in Australia, Canada, US, Philippines and India. So if you have someone who's familiar with any of those places, you'll probably find a, a town near where they grew up and call up uh, Mumbai or Manchester in England or Melbourne, Australia. And um, and we have games on all of those. And uh, so I hope your international audience can can enjoy the content as well.
0: Well, you know, the fun thing about that, too, is, you know, families aren't located in one spot anymore. People like to learn about different things as well, too. So it it may spark that their interest, not because they live there, but because they traveled there. And, you know, it's it's a vacation memory. So there's so many different uses for that. But I love, you know, how inclusive you are and looking at expanding all the time. So, again, thank you. Fantastic. Well, in wrapping up again, I want to thank you all for joining us today. Um, We've learned so much about this wonderful tool that anybody can can utilize called memory lane games. And as one of our community listeners, I am asking you to please like click and share this episode, not because it's about Alzheimer's speaks, but because the power of sharing is huge. There are people in your communities, probably even in your family, that are dealing with somebody having symptoms, diagnosed or not with dementia. And the more we can push this information out and give hope, um, the easier everyone's life is going to be. So be a giver of hope. Just take a couple of seconds. Like, click and share. Talk about this. This is, this is a, not only a game changer for the person with dementia, but for everyone who cares for them as well. So again, um, thank you all for, for being with us today. Appreciate it very much.
2: Thank you so much for having us. It's been wonderful.
0: Hi, this is Suzanne Newman host,